Kev. Now we're talking International Women's Day. Anna and Nancy. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill. Kevin Deere's on the board. Frank Samuels Wilson. We're, we're still talking Oscars because much like the Oscars, there's just never enough time to talk about movies. And, you know, Frank was like, yeah, I hope you don't mind, off air. He's like, are you sure it's okay to keep going movies? Because, you know, we, we were supposed to wrap everything up in the first hour of the show. I think it's important that we balance our lives out with, we want to give you news when it matters. We want to give you the stories of the day. We want to talk about the important issues of our of our communities, you know, whether it's whether it's crime or whether it's you know, traffic safety, whether it's our taxes and how they're being spent. But if you don't have a little bit of the arts in your life, I think you're, we're letting the side down. With you 100%. I appreciate Frank coming in and, and you've got a knowledge of the movies and the Oscars in general and you've seen these films and you know what cinematography stands for. You know what the uh, best original score brings to a film and, and I think it's beneficial for all of us to spend just a little bit of time nurturing that side of our brain. And I love spending that time. I mean, up until five minutes before seven o'clock, we were updating the Sean Kemp story on MyNorthwest.com. It's right. And go, so you've go, got go. this every day, you know, building the news channel here. At MyNorthwest.com online for you and with Lisa Brooks, who'd love to be here talking about movies, but there's news happening. And in the capacity of the Cairo Newsroom, that's Lisa's job tonight is to make sure we give you every detail we can as accurately and quickly as we can. So, and, And I mentioned earlier that I'm talking about what I've done this weekend is watch old Oscar winning movies on Turner Classic. Um, and the texter points out that Edward G. Robinson movies rock those old 30s. Gangster movies, James Cagney movies, they're all out there in these old classic movie channels. One of the beauties of having a thousand different things to choose from in our entertainment nowadays is that we get to not lose these these Oscar winners from from bygone eras when when films were just – you couldn't make the movies of today. Like we were talking about Parasite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't make that movie 30 years ago. No. You couldn't. And I watched Gone with the Wind over the weekend. You couldn't make that movie today. Yeah. So it's nice to have these historical points of where we are in our culture. Frank mentioned off air. It's, it, that's what it takes. And that's why I care about the Oscars. And I, that's why I'm always going to be hounding them to get it right. I want them to, to yeah. capture the right movie at the right time, which I thought Parasite was. And we yeah. look back at that win. Really loaded year. 1917 was great on its own. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of Tarantino's best. You have The Irishman. You have Little Women. You have so many great movies. Marriage Story was that year. That was a big one. Right. Some years it's just the categories are loaded. Mm-hmm. So speaking of loaded categories, um, we'll talk about now. Uh, can we do? Let's do Best Director real quick. Okay. What do you think? What do you think in this? Because Spielberg's up for his basically his life story in The Fablemans. Right, Martin McDonough said the Academy loves Martin McDonough for the, the man she's finished Sharon. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything, everywhere, all at once. What a, what a piece of work! Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to them. There there was a trend that started a little bit last year where the most prestigious film, which was The Power of the Dog, got Best Director, and Jane Campion got her coveted Oscar that she's been pining for since The Piano in 1993. Um, and then they gave Best Film to Coda, a much easier, simpler to digest movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if a split's going to happen where Tar and Todd Field, he wins oh. the director Oscar and Everything Everywhere All Once wins the picture Oscar. Picture, yeah. But I actually think it's probably going to both go to Everything Everywhere All Once. Okay. I really do. 
So it, let's let's start with the ladies and best lead actress. Yeah, yeah. For International Women's Day, it should be two winners. We'll just cut out the actor. Oh, that's a great. Oh, what a great <laughs> idea! It is International Women's Day, and we're going to talk about that when we're done with the Oscars. But the Oscars, like always, are going a little bit long. We should be used to that by now. So you really think the best two performances this year were were by two women? Yeah, it's Kate Blanchett and it's Michelle Yeoh for for the movies we've talked about before, Tar and everything ever all at once. And they're just they're two different careers. Kate Blanchett's been awarded every step of the way. She has had she's had a perfect Hollywood career. She's one of these Catherine Hepburn like Mount yeah. Rushmore. She's and got a supporting and she's got a lead actor. Yes, actress. because she won uh, for The Aviator. Right. She, she was playing Catherine Hepburn. In the uh, movie? I think, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And then she wow. won. Uh, Blue Jasmine okay. uh, uh, a decade later. And, you know, she did Lord of the Rings and she did the Bob Dylan movie. She's done so She's done everything. Much. And Michelle Yeoh's in the opposite field. You know, this is a, a, a woman who lost opportunities due to her race, due right. to her gender. She was amazing in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the Ang Lee movie from 1999. But She has, was fantastic in uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. That, that was a big That was a big turning stone yeah. for her yeah. uh, to come almost back into the Hollywood mainstream. And so it would be amazing for her to win this achievement. And so sometimes when you have the tiebreaker, you do have to look at the narrative and the politics. And I know it's not fun and it's not great to choose a winner based on that. But I always compare it to Terrell Owens in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Where Good that call. guy is a bona fide Hall of Famer first ballot, absolutely. But he burned so many bridges and was such a bad teammate. No one wanted to put him in the Hall. They were dragging their feet for a couple of years. There, that was just bias. Yeah. It's just bias. Yeah. Voter bias yeah. was very obvious. And so that exists. And it's, you know, but I do think, unfortunately, if Kate Blanchett loses, she'll be okay. Yeah. But I, if I'm picking the singular best performance, no one was better than Kate. Okay. But I do think, uh, so I'm going to say Kate's going to win. Now, now, best actor, mm-hmm. best lead actor, um, Austin Butler, Elvis. Yeah, you think? Yeah, Colin Farrell and Ennis Banshee. I, I he would was, love for he, him you know, to uh, win. when we first talked about Banshee's Venice Sheeran, I was just lost. I watched the movie afterward. I was kind of numb. I'm like, what did I just watch? Mm-hmm. And I went back and watched it again. And it really is. It's a story about about friendship during the uh, the Irish Civil War in a bleak little town in Ireland. And it, it I mean, I it's like I was there. I mean, watching it a second time without knowing what to expect, and I'm, you know, I'm, I've got this romanticized love of Ireland. I've been about a half dozen times to Ireland, and I've never seen that yeah. from Ireland until I watched this movie a second time and realized, okay, that's that's the story they were telling when people, what all they had was the people in their lives. Yeah, and, I, and I've said this for most of the performances of the movie because I love them all, um, but it is a bizarre premise in the movie moves at a bizarre pace in its own way and it doesn't work unless you're completely bought into Colin Farrell and you are you are but if that performance isn't an A or an A plus the movie kind of doesn't work and falls apart which is what I said about Carrie Condon who's mostly the heart of the movie his sister but he's so good well that movie movie got nine nominations so obviously it worked Colin Farrell worked in that movie yeah you know, but like you said, um, and also it's a performance where, and same with Austin Butler, who I don't think many people are, are familiar with his work. He actually is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Very briefly, he's yeah. one of the uh, uh, Manson guys at, at the Manson Ranch. Yes, yeah, he's yeah. the guy with the horse. Uh, but it's kind of it was really fun for Colin Farrell to watch him in this way because we haven't seen him do a performance like this in quite some time. Not that that's worthy of an Oscar in itself, but that was also something where like 
minute one, I was like, oh, I'm watching something different. This guy's really going for something yeah. that's out of his comfort zone. So, but Brandon Fraser and the whale is 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 he going to be rewarded? No. No, okay. I think a, a nomination's great. I think he's good in the movie, but that movie just did not work for me. And I think, nah, I just I can't get there with it. I can't get there with it. Who do you like? I, I'm gonna. It's going to be Austin Butler. I'm rooting for Colin Farrell, but it's going to be Austin okay. Butler. Okay. And the other performances, like great as well. Paul Mescal, nice nomination. Bill Nighy, that's a career nomination. Yeah, um, he's fantastic. Yeah, no, I those are great movies. Um, but it's a two man race. I think it's going to go to Butler. But for International Women's Day. Last minute pitch. Let's just give the Oscar to two girls. That would be fantastic. Two actresses. That would be so great. Um, okay, so best picture. Are, are 10 movies too many? I don't think so. Uh, you? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, maybe, you would, maybe you think it where... I, I don't know. It's just it, that's so many movies. And you can eliminate basically the candidates of like, okay, these guys are just here to fill out the 10. Like, I'm looking at Triangle of Sadness, and I'm looking at Women Talking. Okay. Those are movies, great movies on their own right. Actually, wasn't that big on Triangle of Sadness, but you can kind of weed through and find the four or five strong candidates, which makes the 10 feel worse. But I do like it in the sense that it's now such a broad spectrum of what's getting nominated. You look at the movies that were nominated 40 years ago, and there's kind of drama, political drama, courtroom drama, family drama, drama, right? Or your right, five right, nominees. Right, right. You got a you got a wide palette. You really candidate. do. There's everything under the sun in this, or under the sea. Because I mean, Avatar: The Way of Water. Is it there just because of the massive success at the box office, or was it? I mean, when I saw the first Avatar movie, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, it was life changing. I'd never seen anything like that. In the way that the, it was all a CGI universe yeah, so that I, was so came to life. So I, I watched it and enjoyed it, and that was new. And then it kind of ushered in an era of all this like lame CGI and 3D movies that came yeah. afterwards. Which then there's an appreciation almost that the guy handling it, James Cameron, is able to craft something right. that can move you emotionally despite yeah. all the ridiculous computer graphics yeah. in, in Outer Worlds. So I think that stuff is what he's getting rewarded for. I didn't even see this though. I'm sorry. I, I, that's I, that's I, why I, I didn't. I just, I, yeah. How about All Quiet on the Western Front? Well, that's it's getting a push because there's a lot of below line technical awards. I think it's going to win like cinematography. It could win best sound, even though I have Top Gun Maverick under there. Um, and it's going to win international feature. It won best movie at the BAFTAs. There's a real trend for it, but there is this underlying tone with the Oscars best picture of. If you reward this movie with Best Picture, what does the industry gain? How does the industry move forward? This All Quiet on the Western Front won Best Picture in 1930. Yeah. Did it. TCM's going to play it at one point. <laughs> they <Okay>. are. <laughs> so, okay. A lot of people feel, and, 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 and rightfully so, that Top Gun Maverick saved cinema. It got people coming Spielberg back. Spielberg said it himself. Got back to got people coming back to theaters when they weren't comfortable coming back to the theaters. You just couldn't see this movie at home. This movie deserved to be seen in a cinema. In an era where Marvel movies aren't as slam dunks as, as people thought they were, people were lining up for Top Gun. It was a sensation that everyone talked about, and I think it's fun and it's nice to give it the nomination. And I think yeah. that's all you need to do. Interestingly enough, the adapted screenplay. I'm looking at that like, are, is this the Academy trying to tell me that they're really considering this as the best movie of the year? Because that's a it's a pretty crucial nomination to get okay. out. But I think it's really nice just to have it as a nominee, kind of like Mad Max when that was nominated. Yeah, oh, The Fury Road? Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, this is such an incredible action movie that's done 
so well. Yeah. And that's what the 10 nominees for Best Picture are all about, is honoring genre filmmaking beyond your your terms of endearment dramas that get nominated every yeah. year. So I think like Top Gun, it's great you got nominated. If Tom Cruise got a Best Actor nomination, we'd have to really consider it for winning <laughs> Best Picture. But that didn't happen, so I'm not really thinking it's going to win. I just think it's a nice nominee. I do think a way to save the show, and I've brought this up before, let's eliminate these. Okay. Throughout the three-hour program. So oh, that that's you can a, yeah. see how they rank. Yeah. So it's like number eight, Top Gun Maverick in the first hour. Like the first hour ends and you're like, this Off was the, the board. eighth ranked movie. Yeah, yeah. And it gets its shine. It gets five minutes. You get the cool montage. People can come out and talk about it for a little bit. And then you move on. And then you're like, oh, now we're down to seven. Okay. Now yeah. I got to watch. Now I got to see what comes next. A texture point out because people have been giving us their feedback on the Oscars, whether they care anymore, whether they mm-hmm. watch the show these days, and how they can make it more interesting. Somebody suggested, you know, online betting, on screen betting, you know, like a, a, a trifecta. You know, you, you like you do at the track. I'm picking the, the trifecta today. I got best actor, best uh, best director, and best film, and, and and gambling on it. I mean, look what it, look what fantasy football did for the NFL. You, you can. You can. You can. Oh, Frank, tell me more. Caesar's Sportsbook like, has the Oscars. Okay. Oh, okay. Newsflash. No, I'm not promoting it. No, no, no. That's news reporter. That's just facts. So apparently, according to Frank Summerall, MyNorthwest.com, there is gambling available on the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah there is. See, I've, now I care more. I don't think you can parlay the winners. See, you gotta, you but gotta. you go individual. Okay. Uh, you can okay. do the individual. Picks. Hey, man, if you can bet on how long the national anthem is going to run at the Super Bowl, over a minute 30 or under a minute 30, you no. should be able to bet on no, the I'm not. I'm not promoting that. That's no, no, just, no, no, that's no. just acknowledgement that it exists. And if you find you exists. have a gambling problem, call 1-800-I've-got-a-gambling-problem. <laughs> can, I, um, can I make a suggestion yeah, that would sure. make it fun? Sure. Uh, just to throw it in there, worst movie? Just to like see, you know, oh, like no. just worst. Like you're, the, you're evil. So that's not bad. Worst movie of the year would be d- great. Didn't they try that last year when they had like five favorite fan moments and we had to watch Flash enter some weird zone in the Justice League movie? I don't remember that. No. That was a real thing where we had to watch a clip from the Justice League at the Oscars. And oh like, my gosh. This is, this is what we Well, that kind of what the Grammys did with their fan tables this year. Oh, they tried right? that? Yeah, the, Gra- the Grammys had like... Their their fans, these like eight super fans, arguing for their particular favorite artist, and I forget which cutter it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we I love the idea of eliminating them as you go throughout the course of the night. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of bringing up the tomato, you know, whatever you want to call it, the worst film of the year. Get the Razzies in there the, a little yeah, bit, yeah, you know, puss um, and boots, man, puss and boots. Hey, somewhere a young child cries when Absolutely. you say things like that. Don't say that. Wait, you weren't into you weren't in. <laughs> I the know, Oscar I nominated Puss in Boots, The was Last it? Wish. Oh. oh, yeah. I just saw it, Pinocchio. It, that was incredible. We, we didn't get yeah, that. You know, that's, that's winning the anime. Real quick, incredible. Before we get to the, what you think is going to be the best film of the year, the winning film, um, you know, I love that animation has its own category. Yeah. It's, I it's really nice. do because they've made such great strides in animated film. And it's going to be a great one this year because Disney's not going to walk away with it, which is always nice when it's a different production company or, or a rival just – Giving Disney a little competition. It's going to be Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. No, and that's is, a guy the Oscars love. They it love was Guillermo. So creepy and, and sad, and it was awesome. Which is what Pinocchio is, so I'm glad they totally. leaned into that. Yeah, And it's not the live-action Pinocchio, the human Pinocchio. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right, which we was, did get two this right, year. We got two this year. Let's make sure we understand. We're talking about the creepy one, not the terrible one. Fair enough. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Yeah, great point. Um, best film. For me, I'm going to be rooting... Just as a root for any sports team that I like, I'm going to be rooting that Tar wins Best Picture. Really? It's the best movie of the year. Banshees is a very close second. Those were my two favorites. 
Uh, everything Everywhere Wants is going to win Best Picture. Do you, I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Great it was, movie. It, it's a great movie. It. It's, I don't. It's, I don't want to sound like I'm coming down three on three times it. in theory, theater. I, I've never been a big fan of sequels or remakes. I mean, I, 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 some of them have been wonderfully done, mm-hmm. wonderfully done. All Quiet on the Western Front, a wonderfully done remake. But the original idea is so rare in Hollywood, and, and when it's done so well, everywhere. It's what's funny about everything. Everywhere wants is it kind of checks all your boxes. So there's a bit of this like Marvel action fast cutting that younger audiences can really get into but it's also mocking it but it's also genuinely funny but then it also has really amazing performances without the performances we have four not it wouldn't uh, work uh, uh, actors nominated the movie doesn't work because it actually gets really heartfelt in this really interesting story about a mother and daughter and them gaining their relationship back obviously with the asian american you know hanging over that as well um it checks a lot of boxes, and I think this is the year you can a, a weird, bizarre movie can win the Best Picture Oscar because there isn't this totalitarian Oscar frontrunner in its path. Right. It is the Oscar frontrunner it really in its own path, and I don't think any of the other movies have enough steam behind them. Nice. Frank Summer, uh, now, do you have something about the Oscars on MyNorthwest.com? No, we don't. Oh, what a wasted opportunity. But I'm writing some tonight, so that might get on Fair, the web. Well, look forward to the days week, to come. Yeah. Frank Summerall, great yeah. job, man. Thank you so much for so much of your time. I appreciate it. I know you got a lot on your plate. Yeah, we'll do revisionist Oscars maybe later. <laughs> we'll take we'll a look at it later. Yeah, we can take it later. Okay. Uh, thanks, my friend. All right, it's Kyra Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Kevin Deers. And on International Women's Day, here are the Runaways. Yeah. We'll be right back. Hi, Kev. Who we got, man? This is nice. Uh, Paramore. Paramore. Well done. International Women's Day. And I apologize to the ladies for letting the Oscars go long. But that's what the Oscars do. Wait a mansplain movies for like two hours, bro. (laughs) On International Women's Day? How could you? I know, right? I'm I'm a little embarrassed. I got to tell you. I'm a little embarrassed that we even have International Women's Day. And, and I'll tell you why before you jump down my throat on that one. Um, the fact that we even need International Women's Day is is an embarrassment to me as a, as a father of daughters, as a guy. You know, uh, I think it's wonderful that we have International Women's Day because it gives us a platform to talk about global inequity for the female of our species. Without which, uh, by the way, we wouldn't have a species. Okay. Um, there are there is no one, I mean no one in this world whose life has not been been made better by a female somewhere in their life. Whether it's your mom, your significant other, a daughter, a boss, a coworker, a coach, whatever it might be, nobody on the face of the earth has has not had their life improved by a, a, a female of the species. And I would also put it out there, not me personally, there's probably a lot of lives on this planet that have been wrecked by a female of the species, but that's that's beside the point on International Women's Day. I've had the benefit of uh, the, the, the pleasure, the luck of traveling around the world in my life due to this job. I've been on five different continents, and I've seen life, um, and I want to again thank the folks at World Vision. When we were doing our radio show with Bob Rivers in downtown Joe and myself, we got to host child sponsorship drives. and We would travel to Bangladesh or Senegal or the Amazon, 
or you know, Zambia, you name it. We, we, we got on so many different continents to meet people who needed needed the help of World Vision. What World Vision mostly does is is uh, promote clean water and provide clean water. They dig wells in places where clean water is similar between life and death. But they also focus on elevating the female around the world um, in the way of – by the way, when you dig a well in, in many cultures, places like Africa or, or Asia or South America – you then free up the the girl of the family, the female of the family. They don't have to dedicate their entire day to going walking miles and miles in each direction to get clean water or to get any water that has to be brought back and boiled for use and then it's the difference between life and death. So when World Vision provides water for these communities, they allow that the children, all the children, can then go to school. World Vision provides microloans. I don't mean to turn this into a World Vision app, but I, I love this organization. They provide microloans to women around the world in, de- in developing nations. And microloans, to you and me, it's nothing. It's, you know, $500. And I, I know that sounds pretty first world privileged when I say it's nothing. It's, fi- it's only 500 bucks, But it's enough for a woman in, say, Bangladesh or in, in Zambia or wherever that, that my travels took me and the, all the places around the world that World Vision operates – it provides a woman an opportunity to buy the materials to start their own business, to become independent and self-sufficient and provide for their family. You know, a, 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 the, the man of the family is already working as hard as they can in whatever trade or industry or f- agriculture that they're doing. And then the woman can start up a small business that you and I could would, – would, it's, it's nothing. But to them, it is life-changing. And, and on the International Day, International Women's Day, I'm reminded – how lucky the women in this country are in America. And at the same time, how far we've still got to come as a country for the women of, of America, as the father of daughters. I want a country in which, I want a world in which my daughters have every opportunity every guy ever had and aren't subjected to misogyny or pay inequity or glass ceilings or whatever it might be. If they're in sport, you know, if they that Title IX, thank goodness Title IX came about, where athletics for female students were given an equal footing with athletics for, for male students. And I know it's not equal footing because the male sports like basketball, like football, like whatever, they generate the funds for athletic departments at most universities. And I understand that. And that's, that's just a, a market of scale. But the fact that women's sports were given the, the recognition and the funding that they deserve through Title IX. You know, I made sure that both of my daughters played team sports at some point in their life. Not because I thought they were great athletes. One of them, <laughs> I'm going to shut up and back up and not say yeah, another word. Watch it. Um, I think every kid benefits from being part of a team. And it might not be sport. It might be a club at school. It might be a debate team. It might be a chess team. It might be a scout troop. Uh, the opportunity for teammates to rely on you, for you to rely on others, to have a sense of joined communal purpose and goals is is tremendous for a kid. I remember when my younger child complained a little bit that, look, Dad, I'm not the fastest swimmer. I'll never be the fast swimmer. I'll never set a state record, let alone make the state tournaments at the end of the season, you know? I said, yeah, probably not, but you were a good teammate. And everybody you have you will ever be a teammate with will remember you. 
and that sense of you know supporting your teammates and having them have your back, that is a skill that will carry you throughout the rest of your life. So one person will remember who the fastest kid on the team was, the fastest kid on the team. That's the only person that will remember who the fastest swimmer was. That and they're loudmouth parents. And they're loudmouth parents. And they'll tell everybody at the bar. But as a teammate, there's no greater value than being part of a team and learning what that can, what you do for others as a teammate, what they do for you. And the fact that that girls and women are supported in sport through Title IX, I think, is one of the greatest things we've ever done. As uh, by when we pass laws of equality. I mean, I said before, every one of us can point to a woman in their life that made a difference in their life, whether it was a teacher that that opened up your mind and your eyes to, to learn. It made learning interesting, fun, and engaging, or or a coach or a boss. You know, I've had I've had numerous female bosses in my life, my professional life, and I've had numerous male bosses. And as I look back on my career in radio. The top tier of great managers I've had have all been women. They, they, I think, I don't know if it's because they had to work harder to get where they've gotten in this world or that they just understand, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but it's always seemed like the best bosses I've ever had were women. And, it, and not just because the one we have here at, at Bonneville, Seattle, at Cairo News Radio, we're led by a very strong Kathy, a, a brilliant leader. Um, it, it, it says a lot. And the fact that we, you know, somebody's like, well, International Women's Day, why do they need that? So, well, you know what? There's a reason we don't have International Men's Day. You know, because guys have, guys have been, as guys we have been, handed it often a lot easier than our female counterparts. So I celebrate International Women's Day. I'm, I'm proud to speak out. On behalf of my daughters, my wife, my mom, you know, whomever it was, my boss, whether Lisa Decker, my first boss in radio, or Kathy, my newest boss in radio. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. All of you. My mom, my wife, my daughters. Thank you, ladies. And I got your back. Because you've... And you know what? I'll make this person. Now we got to go to break. On International Women's Day, I bet you our next president's a woman. And I'll, I'll tell you who after this. I swear this is going to break some hearts. Come on back to Cairo Nights. We'll be right Marjorie back. Marjorie Taylor Green. Come on back. No, no spoilers. Oh, no. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Kevin Deers on the board tonight at International Women's Day. We we don't have enough time to play all the women that deserve recognition or national Women's. From a musical perspective, you know, we could have done an hour of just the women of music on International Women's Day. All right, well, then you have to shut up and we just play the music. <laughs> How's that sound? I, I think the texters would agree. Um, <laughs> at 9 o'clock tonight, we're going to run back some of the uh, 12 to 3 midday show with Jack Stein and myself. Um, kind of easing the blow of me working double shifts around here until we figure out what the fir- what the permanent future looks like here at Cairo Radio. We appreciate you guys' patience with us as we move forward as a as a team here at Cairo and as a team between the audience and those of us who work here at Cairo. Um, 
I mentioned that I think the next president is going to be a woman. And uh, Kevin kind of popped the cork on that champagne bottle. No, Sorry, dude. No, it's not MTG. A texter points out tonight, John, what is up with MTG? Never heard of this woman before four months ago. What is her story? Well, I don't get it. What is she all about? She's a rage queen. She's a, she's the number one fundraiser in Republican politics. And I think she's a true representative of her district. I think her district must be populated with morons. I think she's unfit to govern. But I think in a representative democracy, the people elect who represents them. And, and whether it's her or Lauren Boebert or, or whomever, there are a lot of candidates in the Republican field who I think would be much better presidents than Marjorie Taylor Greene. There are Democrats I think would be much better presidents than either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. But I think the next president of this country is going to be a name you know, um, a, a family name from politics that might you know, send a shiver down your spine and call up horrible memories of – uh, I think that Liz Cheney is going to be the next president of this country. And that's my hot take of the day. I'm telling you, I think Liz Cheney, who uh, has been called a rhino by so many, and uh, for her part in the January 6th committee, Liz Cheney's voting record is terrifying to liberals. Terrifying. She doesn't stand up for for body autonomy for women. There are so many issues Liz Cheney votes on a, a hardline conservative from an old school Republican family, family like the Cheneys. But I think when she put country before party uh, with regard to the January 6th attack on our Capitol, I'm telling you, if Liz Cheney gets in the race, comes out of there and just gets in a debate with anybody, she will clean their clock. The woman has ice in her veins. And there's my International Women's Day hot take for you. Uh, the story of Sean Kemp tonight breaks my heart. Um, you've heard Lisa talk about it. Lisa Brooks in the Cairo News updates. Uh, a drive-by shooting today in Tacoma. There's video footage. Sean Kemp has been arrested. Uh, former Sonic Sean Kemp, uh, owner of numerous uh, marijuana re- cannabis retail outlets here in Seattle. The one in Soto just opened. The, well, there's there's the Lower Queen Anne, right? There's the Soto District. Um, I made a completely a completely off-color joke uh, off air, and I. I probably shouldn't have made it uh, off air, so I'll tell you at home. I think we're kind of lucky that it was Sean Kemp in this drive-by. Drive-bys are horrible, of course, but since it was Sean Kemp, no one was hit. We all know Sean can hit his shots. Wow. That's why he loved to dunk. Boom, boom. How's that? Huh? Can't do that from 12 to 3 in the afternoon. Too soon, No, Spike. nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. Okay. Nobody got hurt, right? Um, it's because he was stoned. <laughs> Some of the texters tonight, by the way, and this is uh, this is the last opportunity we'll have to speak to you. So I'll speak to the texters tonight, and we'll play some tape for the for the nine o'clock hour. Um, Avatar is nothing but a ripoff of Fern Gully. Spot on, spot on. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but man, I could not agree with you more. Um, uh, one texter says that I tried to watch everything everywhere all at once and it just made my head hurt and I couldn't get it. It was too all over the place. My wife thought the exact same thing when she watched it. Just what is this? I can't, you know, and my wife's pretty smooth, man. She's got her head on straight when it comes to movies. We watched The Sixth Sense, my wife and I. I saw it first without her. I think it was on an airplane or taking a trip. And I said, you're going to watch it. Sit in. You're going to love us. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Five minutes in, she's like, oh, he's dead. He sees dead people. He's dead. That's why I see. I'm like, 
And I'm like, how did you get that five minutes in? I didn't get it till the la- till the end of the movie. It hit me like a ton of bricks. She probably figured out Fight Club within 30 seconds. She probably did. I didn't get Fight Club till the last scene. Whoa, uh, Donnie Darko. You're like, what? Serious. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I, too soon we want the full story. Hey, I, I, I agree. The Kemp joke was off color, but I think it was sad. the fact that no one was hurt. You know, and we don't know the full story. I hear rumors now that uh, Kemp was being robbed, and and, and f- at, at gunpoint. There are all co- we. I don't want to speculate. I don't want to speculate. That's why we have the Cairo newsroom. That's why we have reporters like Lisa Brooks and the entire team out there that don't. We have opinion shows from nine o'clock in the morning until ten o'clock at night, and I don't know what happens after ten a.m. Coast to coast sometimes scares the pants off of me. I don't want to speculate. I don't want to speculate. Speculates wildly. Speculates wildly. That's my job. I'm an opinion host. Um, But we have the Cairo newsroom to give you the real details. Okay. Um, Folks, thank you so much for being part of the show tonight. Kevin Deers, always a pleasure, my friend. You'll be back tomorrow night, right? Yeah, man. And Friday. uh, Yeah, because Matt Butler is producing our show Middays. Nice. With Jack Stein and myself. We appreciate that. Kevin Oh, nice job, brother. Yeah. Uh, let's do this tomorrow night. Let's kind of go back tomorrow night and talk about some of the ladies uh, that didn't get the time they deserve tonight. Sounds on good. Music. We'll do a little bit of that. I uh, hope you guys had uh, fun with us. Thanks to Frank Sumrall for talking movies. I really could talk for him, talk with him for three hours about movies. The guy knows what he's talking about. Um, Two white guys uh, talking about movies? <laughs> what, a, what a groundbreaking why, podcast why, idea. Why, why you got to bring color into it, man? <laughs> we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great night. Kevin, thanks. we got another hour to come with the best of Jack Stein and Spike O'Neill.